Greetings and welcome to the broadcast. You've just tuned in to Keys to Your Best Life, and I am here today with my sister in Christ, Karen Keeling. And down below in the notes, you can read all about her bio, but she is an amazing woman of God who loves Jesus and, and he shines through everything she does. She is a model, she is an actress, she is a voiceover artist, but she's also the founder of Karen Keeley Casting. So we're going to talk a little bit about all of those type of things, what led her into the industry. And so stay tuned, get this out to someone that needs a word of encouragement because I always walk away from my conversations with Karen feeling encouraged. Not to mention she has a lovely voice because she's from England. So welcome Aww. to the broadcast. <laughs> Thank you, Maggie. Good morning. It's so exciting to be on the show with you. And I loved your little intro there. Thank you. It's lovely. Thank you. Thank you very much. My brother wrote the music for that. I like the little jingle. So mm -hmm. yeah. And then Kevin Collier of Creative Motion Network, he did the other portion of it, the video part. So I love the creatives and you mm -hmm. yourself are a creative and yeah. uh, in multitudes of areas. I had no idea all the different things you did until I started digging deep to say, okay, what's Karen all about? So I've had the honor of knowing you through Christian Women in Media and some mutual friends and so forth. But what? how long have you been in the entertainment industry? Oh my gosh, that's going to age me. People, Thankfully, people think I'm younger than I am. But when I tell you, I think I've been in the, age, in the industry probably about 35 years, honestly, 35 years. So you started when you were one? No. <laughs> but um, I started modeling. Um, in my 20s, in my early 20s, I think I was like 21 when I was modeling professionally. Um, so yeah, I'm, I don't even know if I want to say my age. I guess if people can work it out. No, 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 you don't out. have to say your age. <laughs> that is a long time but, in yeah. the industry. And yeah. you're still modeling today, aren't you? I kind of restarted again last year out of the blue. I did sometimes think maybe I would model later in life, but I started to get to the point where I don't really enjoy having my photograph taken anymore. I used to love it and now I'm not so keen on it. I think it's more because I'm more self-conscious now and getting older, you're just, just more, you know, notice things about yourself that usually other people don't notice. But I did think I would get back into modeling at some point and I met an agent who's now my agent and we'd actually had a lunch and she wanted to talk to me about her new agency and introduce me to some of her talent for um, casting purposes for projects and things. And over lunch, she said to me, Karen, why aren't you modeling? And I said, well, you know, I used to many, many years ago. I did it for 15 years and I had a, quite a successful career and traveled all over Europe. And she said, there's so much work out there, you could be doing it again. And I thought, oh, I don't know. And she said, let's just do some pictures and let's see. And all of a sudden I did the pictures with some friends and I gave them to her and she started booking me on some jobs. So I became um, one of the faces for dermatology skincare um, for the anti-aging skincare line. And that's on, um, on their website and all over YouTube, not YouTube, um, Instagram and Facebook on their ads. Sometimes I'm scrolling and I'm like, oh, there's me again. There I am. <laughs> so funny. Um, I did some, uh, what, gosh, there were so many little jobs, Fiera Cosmetics, sheets. I did some jobs where I was like laying in bed in these cozy sheets. I'm like, this is the life, you know, I get paid to lay in bed. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't think I would get back into modeling at this age, but Maybe, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things you can you can keep doing. But I yeah, love I'm it. Thankful. I love it. I love it. 
Well, you definitely are. You're beautiful. And, and, you know, people think of modeling, they think of just your typical young model in her early twenties or, you know, uh-huh. and so forth. And they don't realize there is a need all throughout of different stages of life. And you still, uh-huh. you don't look old enough to have been in the industry that long. So from modeling, where did you go from there in your career? Um, I always wanted to be a singer. I'm not a trained singer by any means, but I can hold a tune, I guess is what they say. Um, I can sing and I can write songs and I wanted to sing, but it was a fear. Like I was terrified of singing in front of people and I still struggle with that a little bit. Um, but I was, I was in England and I'd started writing some songs and I auditioned, I forced myself to audition to sing at a, it was called wild jack henry's and it was a wild west country theme restaurant in ilford which is outside of london and i got it i was singing shania twain songs and faith hill and liam rhymes and teaching some line dancing as well i'm not a great dancer but i was able to teach some line dancing and um from that i started reaching out to some people in nashville and asking them to send me some original songs. And I recorded a couple of songs. I put them out on a CD, which went out to um, European radio stations and they started playing them. And the cool part about it was that they would send back um, a sheet with all the information of where you are in the charts and little notes from all of these different DJs around Europe saying either love it or hate it. So you knew, giving it like marks out of 10, we're playing this song, love it, it's in rotation, or no, not really our style, or oh, we love her voice, or um, she sounds so much like Trisha Yearwood, or whatever, we love this song. You know, it was so cool to get the feedback from all of these people. And then I'd look through the magazines and see the charts, and there I was, like number two, or number, I think I had a number two (laughs) with this song, I mean... (laughs) <laughs> it was a song called in broad in broad moonlight or something and then I had another song called as long as forever lasts and I didn't write them but um yeah so they were out there and then someone said you know you really sound like a country singer you need to go to Nashville even though I'd been reaching out to people here so I just I just said okay and I saved up money went to Nashville came here to Nashville went to I'm here that's where I live <laughs> um I think it was in 2000 2000 was the very first time I came to Nashville and I came for fanfare which is what it was called in those days it's now the CMA music festival and it's amazing the way God works because I dreamed in England I've been watching things like the CMA music festival or the CMA awards or the CMT awards on my little television in my bedroom or I'd wake up in the middle of the night because of the time difference to listen to it on the radio and I would be like, I'd be laying in bed going, oh, I really want to be there. I want to be famous in Nashville, Lord. And, you know, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus at that time. I was praying and talking to God. I knew about God, but I didn't have a relationship with him. But I was saying, sure. oh, you know, in my journals, when I look back, it says, oh, I want to be famous in Nashville. And God really has a sense of humor because he brought me to Nashville as a country singer. And uh, I was offered a a production record deal with Kent Wells, who produces Dolly Parton. And he still does. And there's another amazing story that's come out of that since, which I'll share in a moment if I have time. But uh, so I was working with him. He had me record um, some demos and things. And I was helping him in his studio. Dolly came into the studio and I got to meet her. And she's just amazing. And not long after that, 
I, I had the paperwork for the deal, but I never ended up signing it. I don't even really know why, but I got hired at a radio station, 95.5 WSM-FM. And I thought, well, I'm here on a visa and I'm allowed to work in the music industry and I can maybe work at the radio station. This will be cool. Who knows who I'll meet? And I, <laughs> I started working and within a couple of days, the program director said to me, well, actually kind of in our first meeting, he said, I really love your voice. And have you ever done radio? And I said, no, I have no idea about radio. And he said, well, maybe, maybe we'll have you on the air at some point. Well, within about a week of working there, he said, you know, it would be a really good skill for you to have. Why don't you just kind of sit in with the DJs and get to know what they do? And I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And they put me on, so I sat in and watched everybody push all the buttons and because it's so daunting. You go in the studio, it's a massive um, control board, but actually you only end up using a few sliders and a few buttons. But once you know how to do it and the computer and everything, it's pretty easy. But I was terrified. Anyway, they put me on Saturday morning, putting on the countdown, the country countdown. And I had to put in CDs. And I was telling some people over the weekend, I was speaking at an event and uh, I was telling them, I was like literally terrified because I had to watch the clock count down by the second, put in a CD, hit start, and then I could breathe again. But I was literally going, oh my goodness, oh, here we go. And then I'd hit the button and it would be done. And then I could wait for 20 minutes, half an hour, and then do it again. So I started doing that and I wasn't speaking. And then one morning I get to the studio. Now this is when, WSM FM was at Opryland Hotel in a hidden studio behind the AM station. So this is 2003 now. And you had to go in through a little side door down an alleyway, like a little hallway to get to the hotel room. And you could get to the back of the AM station. It was all kind of connected. So I was in there and I walked in at 5.30 in the morning and there was no CDs to do the show. And I'm looking, panicking, thinking, oh my gosh, I've gone to sleep. But I called people and nobody was waking up. So I had to go live. I put in songs. I started talking. I looked up local events and I went live. So long story short, I, somebody came to save me. I got, then I got summoned to the radio station the next um, Monday. I think it was the next morning, uh, two mornings later. And I, they said, we want to put you on the air. Everyone's calling and they, they love your voice and we want to try you out. So I said, all right. So I just started on Saturdays, 10 till three, which turned into middays, which turned into sometimes doing seven to midnight. I was on all, sometimes I was on twice a day. I was doing weekends as well. Um, that program director left um, or got laid off and someone else came in, John Sebastian, who taught me everything about radio. He said, I'm going to make you the star of this station. Stick with me, kid. And I was like, all right, I don't know. You teach me what you know. And <laughs> through that, I mean, when I think back now, I can't believe the things I got to do because I all the, the prayers and things that I was praying back in England started to come true, but not in the way that I thought they would. God had an even better plan than I could even imagine because I saw some of my friends with major record deals and they weren't very happy in their deals, but I got to interview all the country artists that I was listening to their CDs and I bought their CDs, all of the people that I admired and loved and just wanted to be like, including Keith Urban and, you know, Martina McBride and Charlie Daniels and all everybody. I'd be invited to the CMA. I hosted the CMA music festival on the riverfront in, in front of like 30,000 people. It's like, I was terrified again. I'm like, shaking like this. <laughs> um, 
And I even performed on the CMA Music Festival on the international stage in 2005, the same year that I hosted it. And I was asked to be at the award shows backstage, interview everybody, including Keith and just everybody. But when we did shows for the radio station, I mean, it blows my mind. At the time, it felt like it was part of my job. But when I really want to think about it, like, oh my gosh, all these amazing things I got to do. I, uh, we would have shows at the Hard Rock Cafe and it would be for new artists. At the time, Sugarland had just come out with their first single, Baby Girl. Um, and then we had bands like Sawyer Brown and Trisha Yearwood and Garth Brooks and, and people. Um, and they, they would do a show for us and it would be a listener appreciation concert. So I would be giving away tickets on the air and then they would ask me to host the show, but do a little opening set acoustic set with a guitar player and I could sing my original songs and host the show and interview them. And I'm like, what is happening? But I didn't feel like that at the time. It was just, I just did it. And now I think, wow, what if like that was God. He had such a better plan for me than I, than I could even imagine. So it's incredible yeah. because you got to, you know, you came here with your musical gifts and talents, got exposed to all kinds of people, but you've actually played in some impressive places before with your music, correct? Um, yeah, I played, um, well, the, the last big show I did, I think, was Wild Horse Saloon opening for Keith Anderson. He had that song, Picking Wildflowers. Um, I played at the Exit Inn which is about to be, I don't know if it's sold or knocked down or something. I just saw a post about that. And the Exit Inn is one of those massive venues where everyone who's everyone, anyone who's ever played there, I did a little show there. Again, I was terrified, but I forced myself through. I did it, I did it. Yeah, I mean, I still have it a little bit. And I think, because people say to me, why don't you do songwriter nights anymore? And Again, I'm nervous. I can play guitar really badly. I taught myself, but um, I'm not very good at all. But um, the, the amazing part is after I stopped doing that, um, so God, I lost my job in radio and I'd seen so many people losing their jobs over the years. They would, I'd come in one morning and all the morning crew would be gone and some new people would be in there. And I'd be like, that's strange somebody's where they're gone and then um, they'd move people around someone else would come in as a program director and they'd say okay Karen we want you to be on this this time slot now be, okay great that's fine I kept my job but I saw the night shift person be laid off I saw the morning crew people go the afternoon drive they would move me around but I kept my job I was really thankful for that and then they moved me to 97.1 which was a, a new rock station and I didn't really want to do it, but they offered me a pretty good deal. But I was on two stations at the same time. If down the hallway, so I'd voice track 95.5 and then I would go down to that 71 RQQ and be live from 10 till three. Uh, that wow. was a, I have some crazy stories about that station, but anyway, um, that didn't last long. Um, and they closed down that station and they said, we're so sorry, we can't keep you on, you know, good luck mm. and here, here you go. And I was like, all right. So I had to pray. And at that time, God was really, he was really pursuing me in a way that I had never really experienced before. And I was getting on my knees and I was saying, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do next? I've got, you've given me all of these amazing gifts. I love being a creative. What is the next step? And it just felt like the natural step to go into TV and video production. 
So yes. around that time, I met my friend who's now my business partner, Monique Maffei Hester, and we started writing songs for a children's show. We started creating, we didn't have children ourselves. I still don't have children. Uh, we had young nieces and nephews and we started writing kids songs and scripts and it. creating these funny characters that we do the voices of. And we're still working on that 12 years later and things start to happen and then they fall through and it's just such a really tough business, but we know that it would happen in, in God's timing. So we're still working on it. We still believe in it as much as we did when we first started. We're very proud of the work that we've created on it. So then from that, I started working for, for a company called Sockeye Media in New York, Mother Goose Club. I helped um, produce some of their shows as a production coordinator. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I learned a lot about the business working with them. And then other producers would say, hey, would you help us work on this project? Would you cast this? Would you do? And I, I realized that I love working with the talent. That's my favorite yes. thing. And because I have experience on both sides, that's people say that's a, a you know a special gift that I know what it's like to be the talent as well as the casting director and I can pick people so I started my company and that's kind of where we are now I started Karen Keeley casting um I have some some nice clients some big clients including Carrie Underwood which she's adorable and massive massive artist as you know and just a super talent I, I cast for her fitness app and um Luke Bryan and Gaylord Hotels and Asurian and I've done some short films and there's some Christian movies hopefully in the pipeline but I you know they again you get the call and then it falls through you never know but it will happen hopefully in God's timing so yeah I do lots of things fun how fun yeah. I mean you did you had no clue when God was sending you to the U.S. that you thought you were coming here for your music but you had no idea that he was going uh -huh. to set you slap in the middle of Nashville which is I always I feel like it's the belt buckle the bible belt you know mm -hmm. and yeah uh, just, he, the culture is he, so sweet and the people huh. Yeah. And I would be in a TJ Maxx. I told the story recently that I would be in TJ Maxx and a lady would come up to me, a lady, in, I was in Madison, not far from where I live. And a lady came up to me and she said, she said, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but do you know the Lord? Do you go to church? Do you know Jesus? I feel like he's telling me to talk to you. And my instant reaction then, this is going back I don't know, 15 years or so, was of course I know. Yeah, I know about God. I know about it. I don't need to go to church. And I thought, well, I'm like, go away, crazy lady. You know? But now I'm the crazy lady. I'm the one that says, excuse me, can I pray for you? It's so funny how God, he, I don't know, he kept pursuing me and pursuing me. And through my business partner, Monique, she invited me to a church, to a networking, music networking event at a church. And I went thinking, well, this could be cool. Who could I meet? This would be great, you know, my career or whatever. <laughs> and it was in a church and the Holy Spirit spoke to me in a way that I hadn't experienced since I was about nine or 10 years old. When I first wow. felt the Holy Spirit at a, a good news tent. Um, it was like God is reminding me of things of where he was during some times in my life when I really, really needed him because I just lost, yes. lost my dad when I was seven and a half and I was going through a lot of grief and I don't remember the exact age I was when I walked into the good news tent but I, it was probably eight nine or ten I was because I was a brownie 
which is like a um, before you were a girl girl guide or a, a scout, a girl scout. So you were in the little brownie outfit, and I had left brownies, and I saw this big tent, and I was super curious and inquisitive and I was like what's going on in there I could hear music and I walked in and I remember straw on the ground and seats and I think I heard the gospel for the first time and I felt mm. the Holy Spirit and wow I I remember taking a leaflet and going home and saying to my mom I I, I want to follow Jesus I really want to follow Jesus and my mom didn't really know that what it was exactly. And she said, I think that's a cult, Karen. You, you don't really want to be anything to do with that. And I just didn't know any better. And I said, okay. But God had to take me to, to Nashville and let me experience that same feeling at Oasis Church yes. in Brentwood. And I started crying and I, I knew that he was talking to me. I knew he was telling me, I want, I want you. I want you to follow me like I felt when I was that young. But, you know, I did all these crazy things as a teenager and modeling and, you know, trying to be famous, which is not about me anymore. It's about him. And I want to give him the glory for all the gifts that he's given me. So it was his plan. I had to go through all the hardship of a divorce and awful things, which we'll go into at another time, but just some terrible things and trauma that I've been through that have led me to now and I'm still healing from it it's a process every day is a process Amen. and you have to keep your eyes on him because you, you know we try to do things ourselves and we, we can't do it ourselves we're not we weren't made to do it ourselves no. we were made to rely right. on him you know so I'm like in a place right now where I'm I'm still I'm struggling sometimes with work. You don't know in this industry when work's going to come in. The phone ring, could ring this afternoon and I get a massive job. This time last year, I was super busy. Now there's nothing. And there may not be anything until February because things kind of shut down over Christmas. But I have to trust him. Yeah. Amen. Amen. What a powerful testimony. And thank you for sharing that. And never, y'all, listen, if you have little kids that are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, don't ever listen. I'm telling you, God, there's no junior Holy Ghost. Uh, the same spirit that rise Christ from the dead is alive in us, mm. but he will woo you at any age. And I'm so glad that he brought you here, uh, not just to prosper your career, but to get a hold of your heart. And I and I know now your love for Christ is so evident in all that you do, and especially with your business ethics. And I love that. I love seeing a Christian woman running a business with Christ in the center of it. So that's so exciting, Karen. So the casting business. So if someone is watching this, they're going, what exactly is Karen Keeley casting? Can you tell them basically what that is? Yeah, um, some people get confused between a casting director and a casting agent. There isn't really such a thing as a casting agent, but people kind of put the two and two together. I'm not an agent. I don't represent talent, but I do. Um, I cast talent for projects. So a producer or a director will reach out to me and say, hey, Karen, we've got this project coming up, whether it's a short film or a commercial or um, a music video or whatever it is. They will reach out and say, we are looking for these people and usually their team, their branding team or their creative team for the movie or the director has got an idea of the type of person they're looking for, the age, the um, the certain look that they want for the role. If it's a movie, they may, you know, the leads who they want for that. So they'll say to me, this is what we have in mind. 
can you find these people for us? Can you sift through the, the millions of people that are out there that are super talented and find exactly what we need? Or somebody that's really unique, somebody that's different, that's not what we need. So I try to do that um, when I'm casting. I will put out a casting notice to the agents. And a lot of the work I do is non-union, but I sometimes, I'm hoping to be able to do some SAG stuff as well in the future. Um, but it's sometimes lower budget, but sometimes it's high budget. So you, sometimes it pays more than the day rate of union, union rates. So I, what I do is I accept all these auditions. I reach out to agencies, I get the auditions and I sift through to find the right people wow. for, the, for the roles. And people say, how do you know? How do you know who's the right person? And I honestly, I get a feeling, I pray before I start casting because it's, it's kind of daunting. You get this list of people that you're trying to find, you reach out, you send out your casting notice and then it's crickets for a little while and you think, Okay, what if nobody submits? What if everyone's out of town? What if nobody's available? So then I'm frantically searching through websites of other agencies or I'm spreading the net further. Maybe I need to, to reach out to LA this time. Maybe I need to reach out to Atlanta. Maybe I need to go to Chicago or New York or Cincinnati to find the talent that this client is looking for. So it's, it could be huge. It could be a worldwide search if they want somebody very, very special. And then when I'm sifting through the auditions, I'll watch them over and over again. And I'll shortlist my favorites, the ones that give me that feeling. And then it's, right. it's like, okay, Lord, these people have a really good look. They c I know they have the talent to, to do the role. Which ones do you want me to submit to the client? Because they don't want to see 50. They want to see three. And right. I'm like, oh, okay, there's 50 pretty good ones. What do I do? And I just have to just pray. And he, he shows me who to submit. I love it. I love it. That is certainly the leading of the Holy Spirit. And it works out best not only for them, because they are being selected for the, you know, to be presented, but it uh -huh. also really speaks to the heart of the people who are looking for that talent and they don't have the time to go deep and go, you know, look at all of these things. I can imagine what an undertaking that is. So my goodness, your career is fascinating to me. And I love you also, you book voiceover work as well. So listen, she has got some things she's working on as far as nighttime meditation kind of things that are really just sweet. Her voice is so soothing. So she has a YouTube channel and it's just getting started, but you need to go and subscribe. You also need to check her out on her website as well and uh, share that with anyone that is out there in the industry. It is KarenKeelyCasting.com and we'll put all of her information below. But Karen, if you could leave the audience with a key and that can be anything, it's your favorite scripture, word of encouragement, whatever you feel the Lord is speaking, what would that key be? Mm -hmm. Ooh, my favorite scripture is Isaiah 61.3, which is mm -hmm. beauty for ashes. That's kind of the, the crux of it, if you get, if I, I guess. It's basically saying that even though all of the, the pain that you go through in life, and we don't know, we will never really know why we have to go through these things. But when we, when we get to heaven, God will show us. And I think we do need to go through these things because without experiencing the pain of, of grief or poverty or whatever it is, whatever your thing is that, that, you know, health issues or whatever it is, you, you know what it feels like so you can help other people. So, but God through those hard things can bring beauty from the ashes, which is what he says he will do. So even though it's something that seems really painful, 
there, he can always bring good out of it. So trust amen, him with that. Amen. I love that as well. And it always ministers to me because he does. He makes he makes a message out of our mess that we go yeah. through. He utilizes yeah. everything. I don't think our pain is ever wasted, regardless that, you know, God does it. He does. He's not inflicting the pain on us, but no. sometimes our life choices, sometimes the things we go through, sometimes the behaviors of others, sometimes just circumstances of in this world, because in this world, we're going to have tribulations. But Jesus said, yeah. cheer up, I've overcome the world. But he literally will get in there and start to mend things and use things for his purpose and bring glory to yes. everything. So I yeah. love that because that is so true. I know that we don't, you know, obviously I'm going to have you back on another episode because I want your testimony because I know that God has done some amazing things in your life. But I want to thank you for taking the time here today to talk to us about the transition of careers because my heart is right now, what I really feel like the Lord is saying is if you were out there and you were thinking, I am only here, God can take you and do all kinds of things when you say yes. Karen said yes, and he started transitioning her into all kinds of things that she couldn't have even imagined. And now she's running her own business. So absolutely a God story. I love it. Love it. Love it. So Karen, thank you for being on the broadcast with us today. Oh, thank you, Maggie. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I love hearing your story. And I want to hear more about your testimony too. Oh, girl, girl, it's a Jenny series. (laughs) I always say that it's like um, lifetime TV turn pure flicks, but anyway, it's all good. <laughs> but God bless you guys so much. Thank you for watching the broadcast, and we'll see you here next time on Keys to Your Best Life. Bye bye. Thank you.